Thank you for tuning into Wide Eyes, a podcast made to uplift and educate others about the Asian American community. My name is Katie. And I'm new. And this is a new happy two years. Okay, we're okay. We're okay. Happy two years. Oh my goodness. It's crazy to think that we've been on this journey for two years. I think it's just crazy. Like, I think that's the only word that I can use to describe it. It feels like a long time, but not a long time. Um, I think it's just I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about wide eyes. Um, So getting to know the creators a little bit. So our first impressions of each other. Once again, going into how this podcast came about. um, And yeah, the behind the scenes of wide eyes, what our thoughts about it are, um, our newfound appreciation of content creation, at least on my end. Um, And yeah, just really talking about wide eyes. And so it is the month of March. So, you know, Women's History Month. And so obviously, um, I think it just kind of came full circle of Women's Women's History Month, our two-year anniversary. And so it was just kind of like we as creators just wanted to talk about because we are a a podcast all female co-hosts and it's just I think it was a full circle moment and we wanted to dedicate this episode for y'all to get to know us a little more and yeah so with that said okay you and Katie what were your first impressions of well I guess me um and then of each other I guess I don't know how to I don't know yes I'll go ahead I'm so excited right now (laughs) I'm so excited this is new by the way and I'm gonna go first because I'm like, I'm so excited about like first impression of each other. Well, for me, Anu didn't know this. Well, for me, I thought I met Anu through the program that we did called Upward Bound. <laughs> that's what I thought our first no. impression. Well, for me, that Maybe. was my first impression. Oh, oh, that's right. It, that's was, right, that's what, right. it was what I remember. And also, disclosure, I have a really bad memory. So Katie and Anu will, you know, they will agree with that. <laughs> so for me, I met Anu through Upward Bound, but she told me that she met me somewhere else, but that's okay. <laughs> but that was just where my memories were. Like, that's how I remembered her. And through this program, like, it was when I was, like, basically in middle school. Like, I was an eighth grade graduate from middle school, going to high school, and I was, like, I was, like, starstruck and admire Anu so much because she was like a leader she had this aura oozing from her like she was like a magnet like many things were like coming and I was just like oh my god like I want to be Anu's friend like I want to be Anu's friend I want to get to know her and yeah and also her confidence too like her confidence and all the projects that we did in that program I was like oh my god like I admire her so much like she makes me want to become like her like when I grow up yeah so that was my first impression of Anu Moving on to Katie. Oh my God, I'm getting so excited. <laughs> okay. So uh, me and Katie, we met in high school. <laughs> met in high school. Well, my first impression of her. I've heard basically like I would hear other people that I had class with like, oh, you remind me so much of this other person. And her name is Katie. Like you guys should get to know each other or become friends. But then I wasn't interested in like, becoming friends with someone that I had no idea about <laughs> so I was like, I don't know who she is but okay whatever I was like you guys could say whatever but I, I I don't think I'll ever meet this Katie and there were times that I did encounter her but all the times that I encountered her she was like in this big clicks of like Asian people and I was like oh she like a mafia of the Asian group but I'm gonna avoid that because you know sometimes like some Asian cliques it could be kind of toxic so I was like oh I'm gonna avoid so I was like serve to the left move to the right like when she's coming so I was just like okay I gotta avoid her because I did not want to be in like a toxic relationship because I just had I don't know why I had that judgment and I felt so bad that I did because after that high school, I met her again when I transferred school. I didn't think she was going to transfer school with me too. <laughs> so I transferred to this new school and I met her again. And then, you know, that school was a really small school. We started with like, I believe like, was it 300 or 100 students? Because the school was so small, I felt like I got the opportunity to learn more about her. She's so different from what I had imagined her to be. And, you know, to this day, I just have so much love and admiration for Katie. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was my first impression on Anu and Katie. Okay, so for me, I could like uh, piggyback right on news impression on me. My impression of her was that she's different because like like Nusa, a lot of like the people acquaintances we met during our freshman year in high school, they keep on saying that we're alike, we're alike, right? But then I'm like, are we really alike? Because we're like physically, we're not alike, like appearance wise in a good way. Because like I say different because news very tall for like an Asian girl or specifically among women, right? Because you know, a lot of like us Hmong ladies were like five foot or four eleven usually like really small and petite so news like really tall and like she's very athletic so I was like you know I, I don't think we're that similar because well I'm I'm okay for my height but I'm not athletic that's my point I'm not athletic so I'm like I don't think we're very that similar because she's just when I look at news she's just so different and I feel like she's her own like breed in a good most possible way in a, her own long brief like someone just different out of this world like someone you don't expect right in a very like completely good and it, it blew me away I was like oh she's so like different like and that's what I like about her and then with a new um I know well I never met you met you right I think it was until like college I don't know maybe a second year or something like that we met like when I was sitting at the bench huh I think it was that bench. <laughs> it was a bench. It was a bench in front of McLean Hall. Yeah, yeah, it was a bench. Yeah, there we go. See, she testified my story. But uh, my first impression of her, like, even before I met her, she just, she's someone who, like, for me, strikes as someone very, like, smart, like, intelligent. Like, Nusa, like, a leader. She has that aura about her, like, just someone very smart and put together and know her shit, okay? That's why she is a badass woman, okay? <laughs> but those are my impression of the both of you guys. Plot twist, I don't have my shit together. <laughs> I don't. Um, but you know what? If y'all think that, go ahead. Go ahead and think that. My first impressions of New and Katie. Okay, so New, like New said, she she didn't realize that we've met before. <laughs> but for New, I met her at family gatherings. So New and I are actually related on my maternal side. Um, and so the reason why New stood out to me when we were younger was because she was the first person to make me feel like I was normal. And so for me, I grew up in like Hispanic and Mexican heavy like area. So there weren't a lot of Asians. And so, you know, obviously the only Asians that I really knew were like, you know, my family and that was it. And then sometimes when we were younger, our parents would take us to like family gatherings and then you'd meet kids there. Right. But New was the first person who had like the a very similar name as me, right? And so I was just like, oh my God, because my name is Anu and news is new, right? So I was like, when I first met her, I was like, oh my God, we're gonna be best friends forever. <laughs> like, oh my God, I feel so like, oh my God, we're, I'm, I'm normal. Someone has the same name as me. Like I felt so validated in that. Obviously didn't have the same significance to you. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, I'm just teasing you. I like to tease her about this, but um, yeah, so- it just knew it was the first person to make me feel like I was normal. Um, and I think that's so important that we can go, go into that later, but yeah. And so that's why when I met new again, like I, when we were older, I guess, um, it was at upper bound. It was our first, like, I, I forgot. I was fairly new, somewhat new to the program too. Um, and then I saw her and I was like, Oh my God, new. And she was, huh? Like what? Like, look at it like I'm some freaking stranger. And then I was confused too. I'm like, do I have the wrong person? I was like, you're new, right? She goes, yeah, who are you? And I'm just like, I'm a new. She goes, no clue who I was, no clue. And then I was just like, your sister's with like, you're right. And during them. And she goes, yeah. And like, and I was like, Jersey also your brother, right? And she was just like, yeah, but she didn't remember me at all. So I was just like, we used to play with your kids and stuff like that. She was like, nope, no recollection whatsoever. So I was like, okay, no big deal. Um, but so that was like our our official meeting, like when we were older and New's first official meeting of me, because that's what she can remember. But yeah, so New was New's first impression was she made me feel like I was normal. And that was like the very first, like at least reflecting back on it, like that was the first validation I got. I didn't know it was validation at, you know, at the time, but first validation of like my identity as an Asian American woman and gr- a girl at the time, but not woman, right? Katie, on the other hand, <laughs> I knew Katie 
virtually before I like like she said before you know in person because Miss New over here is a like promoter right and so I would see Katie on news stories news Instagram posts news everything and I was just like internally I was like I really want to meet this girl because she seems like so free so authentic and like she knows who she is and I was just like oh I really want to meet her um and so yes like Katie said I was right outside of McLean Hall I met her I officially met her in person in college and I was coming out of my lecture and I, and I saw her sitting on the bench and I actually like was looking at her like we were walking I was walking and she was just sitting minding her own business and I was looking at her I was like is that is that Katie but I wasn't sure. So like I walked past her, I like turned around and I kind of looked at her some more. And then I came up and like, Hey, you're Katie, right? She goes, yeah, I'm Katie. And I was like, you're a new story all the time. And she goes, yeah, that's me. And so I was like, Oh, I'm a new one. Like, you know, I see you all over a news story all the time. And Katie at first, I, I, I don't know if she was weirded out by that, but she was like, Oh yeah, that is me. Um, but yeah, that was my first impression of Katie virtually. She was just someone that I, I, I felt like, I guess my first um, influencer, <laughs> influencer that I wanted to meet. Oh, I, like, I feel so blessed and honored that I'm your first like influencer. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I, I genuinely saw you virtually and I really, really wanted to meet you. And like, I had a little fangirl moment. Like, oh my God, I met B Katie, like B Katie. And so, yeah, I think, um, yeah. So, and in first in-person impression of her too was like, this girl is exactly like she is on news stories. Like she's so genuine and like, you know, maybe we can be friends one day and, and we are so manifesting it. Oh, so sweet. Thank you so much, Anil. <laughs> so with that being said, how did like, you know, just talking about first impression, but delving deeper into us as being like an Asian girl, how did like you both a new or new like feel about being Asian girl, like growing up in the midway or even now? Yeah, and so for me, I didn't really, I guess, I, I wasn't prideful in being, like, Asian, right? Because, like I said, I grew up around a lot of Hispanics and Mexicans, and so, like, you know, literally my first encounter in meeting new, I was just like, that was, like, my first feeling of, like, oh my gosh, I'm normal, especially because my name is a little different, um, actually I would say very different compared to like the Jacobs the Ryans I'm naming people like that I know from elementary school um you know the Daryls like it's just very normal name and then you have my name over here like a new and then like my brother's name like his is also like like you can tell his was like Asian oh anyways because his is named after like a religion um and so yeah, so his was like somewhat normal to people, but for my name specifically, my Hmong name is Ahnu, right? And so my parents just chose the English equivalent equivalent of my Hmong name. And so I I didn't have a lot of pride growing up as an Asian person. Um, and then specifically as an Asian girl, like I didn't have a lot of pride in that either, just because I saw like the gender stereotypes within our community that I wasn't very proud of um, and I wasn't very fond of. Um, obviously now as I'm older, I, I do value gender roles too now. Um, like for me, I still hold a, a, a traditional mindset of like, oh yes, um, usually men should be like the head of the household um, or like, you know, in charge of like the family, not in charge of the family, but like obviously to some moderations, but I still strongly believe in that like, you know, at the end of the day, a woman, in my opinion, you know, at the end of the day, like when it comes to like, you know, a woman should be still in charge of like, the household is her place, right? And that's just what I believe, because I think it's just been so instilled within me. But obviously, it's a little moderate too, whereas like, yes, at the end of the day, her, her job is in the household. But if she's bringing in the money, you know, you know, men these days, they can be stay at home dads, that's okay, women can be the head of the household too, right, but just for me traditionally, like, or, or me, um, as a person, like, I still very value the traditional aspects of, of what it means to be, like, at least in the Asian aspects of, like, the traditional Asian, like, men being the, the head of the household, and then women at the end of the day, you know, they do hold a lot of, like, more household-related jobs I guess 
Um, but yeah, so backtracking a little bit. Growing up, I didn't I didn't like being Asian because I was different. I was I was still the odd one out. So growing up, I was it was very diverse, but it was diverse in that there was more Hispanics and Mexicans um, and Black individuals and less of Asians. And so it was in diverse in aspects of there was a lot of minorities, but then we were still like the minorities and the minorities being Asian because there weren't a lot of Asians. And so what I would see on TV is like, oh, rich Chinese people, rich Japanese people, rich, rich East Asians in general. And then so being a Southeast Asian where you didn't have a lot of opportunities, you didn't have a lot of resources, I kind of resented my community being Hmong because I was just like, how come we don't have all these opportunities? How come like our community isn't educated? How come, you know, uh, think, well, my mom at the time, I was mom pursuing her bachelor's. I don't know. But my mom was like, you know, for me, like she was a very strong, influential person in my life because she was pursuing higher education. But in general, as a whole, as a community, I wasn't like, I don't want to be Hmong because, you know, we're seen as, this might be a little extreme, but like, you know, like we're, we're poor, you know, we, we don't have a lot of resources. And I didn't like that. And so I kind of, for a hot minute, like I wanted to disassociate myself with the Hmong community because, you know, like I didn't want to be associated with that. But now her changing my thoughts. And so I think that just comes as a kid and what you see on TV, like you want to be like that person, that person, and that person. And so you can grow a lot of resentment through that. But now I'm like, okay, bitch, how do we change this, right? How do we bring our community out of poverty? How do we get these kids to go to higher education or just education in general, finish high school, finish college, right? Get that higher ed degree. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of why I'm, I'm so proud of Wide Eyes because we're talking about these topics, right? And it's very significant for me because I didn't have a platform as well as our platform is, but I didn't have like, you know, New and Katie, like I didn't have these, um, these peers that I could talk to growing up because even in high school, like, you know, I was really the only one who was like ready, like wanted to go to college. Uh, I'm not saying like, you know, my other peers, they didn't want to go to college, but they weren't as adamant as me, at least I felt like, because it was really just me, like during my lunch periods, maybe it's also because I didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> you know what? That's another topic. That's another topic. I'm digressing. But like during lunchtime, I would just be like, you know, in the office, in the, um, or in my teacher's uh, room, lunchroom, like doing research about colleges and stuff like that. And then like, you know, in learning more about you and Katie, you know, they were very similar mindsets to me, but I'm so glad like, you know, now we're, we're on this journey together of wide eyes, but I wish I could have had peers like that when I was younger. Um, and so this is why this podcast is so significant for me because one, it's showing me like, like I am, I guess I'm making up for like all the resentment that I had towards my community. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also don't want to blame myself too, because I, I was a kid back then. And I didn't know much, but for me, it's just kind of like making up for that time of resentment and like turning that into like a learning experience, I guess, and turning it into, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say with this, but like turning into a positive experience to uplift the community instead of just like resenting the community and blaming the community, but like, oh, I didn't have all these opportunities because like I was born in this Hmong community that doesn't have a lot of resources, but now I kind of want to come back and like, you know, change these younger generations mindset because you know, I still, oh, excuse me, I still see that a lot within these younger generations of having that, that same mindset. And so I wanted to change that to get them excited so they can, you know, because they're going to be the future us now, the future, when we get older, we're replacing the older generation, they're going to be replacing us, right? So to get them excited about like, how do we uplift our community? And so this podcast is, it holds a place near and dear my heart. Um, but yeah, I feel like I was talking a lot, but I'm just really... It just means a lot for me for this podcast. And so, yeah. And you said everything. Like, do we even need to say anything else? No, we don't. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> right? I completely, wholeheartedly, 100% agree with Anu. Like, because you know, both of us, we come from a Hmong background. Like, I could just, like, really relate with Anu, you know? And for me, growing up, I guess you... I would consider my family like a low-income family, and my parents, they were not educated, 
and being a girl like I'm the 10th child by the way like I'm the 10th and last daughter of this gigantic family <laughs> and then um me and my sister were like I guess one of the first women in our family that are finishing college you know and it's such I feel like it's very prideful like you know I I do have pride in that because I initially did not I had like how Anu mentioned how she knew that she wanted to go to college I did not want to go to college like I was like I could get a job I could make money without education da, 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 da. but no it was through the program where for me my first impression was of Anu was through that program so I had to give a lot of things to that program that I went through and I met Anu and like all these other individuals that I met they were very similar to Anu very driven and very motivated to you know just pursue education and they have like goals and like an admiration for themselves and I was like oh my god so it made me really realize that it's about who you surround yourself with too because that really like those that surround your, you surround yourself with is like surround yourself with like hungry people, motivated people that are willing to make that change for themselves. And going through that program, it made me realize that, you know, I went in thinking like, nah, I'm not interested in furthering my education right after high school, I'm done. But then going to that program and transferring to like a new school, it really opened my perspective that at first, I went into it like, oh, I'm going to do it for my family. I'm going to do it for my parents, right? But now I'm fighting it to where I'm doing it for me now. Like, because before I like, I did not want to do it. And then I did it. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give back to my family. But now I'm like, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's great to, you know, always honor or give back to your family. But what truly matters now to me and, and the place where I'm at is like doing it for myself. So yeah, so I feel like for the longest time, I've always did it for others. And now I'm like, I want to do it for me because growing up, like I did not see a role model in my like in my circle or in my life. Like I did not see a role model. So for me, I was like, even though it's going to be so hard and challenging for me now, I know that as I grow older and I look back, the younger me is going to be grateful, you know, that like, wow, you pushed through it, you did it. And what like, it's just really like motivate me to want to do more for me and provide like a better future for me, you know, so that way, the future me is like, yes, bitch, you did it. You did. It. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, going back to how a new mention, like, there is gender roles. It is pretty like evident there within like, you know, the boys and the girls and the responsibilities and whatnot. And growing up in a pretty big family, I have a pretty big age gap between me and my siblings. So my, some of my older siblings, they think of like the traditional ways of like the Hmong traditional ways. But for me, who's like, you know, generation z <laughs> like i'm just like nah, uh, uh, this is how i think what i believe da, 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 da. you know if you don't take it you don't have to you could go away like you know i'm just like it's fine whatever i'm open-minded and i'm just like just think about whatever it is i'm like i will respect you as long as you respect my peace we're all good we're gucci that's it so yeah and i feel like that mindset has really helped me understand that despite like my older siblings traditional views compared to mine and surrounding myself with driven and motivated people has really shaped me to like leading to wide eyes right because it was developed during the pandemic and during that time there was so many like Asian hate crimes and a lot of things was happening for our AAPI community and one of our very good professor that, you know, that I really appreciate um, at our college, she reached out to us and asked us like, oh, do we want to run this organization and all that stuff? But then I was like, I reached out to like the people that she sent the email to. I was like, okay, guys, I know that she sent this to us, but it's going to be our last year. Well, Katie and Anu was going to graduate already. And I over here was like, it's going to be my last year. I don't want to stress. But then I was like, I want to do something more than that because I know that after we're done like facilitating or running that program in college like that's it there's like I feel like it's a deadline but how we led to white eyes 
I don't want it to have a deadline. I want it to be where we're able to grow this platform, have these conversation, like, and, and I'm really thankful that we really did it to point. Cause I feel like I got to learn more about Katie, even though I thought I already knew everything about her. I got to learn more about her, learn more about Anu and learn that, you know, she knew me when I was a kid and I didn't know that. Like I was like, hold up. What? <laughs> like she, she knew me since when? And I'm just like, Oh, I thought I met you through this program, but I guess I was wrong. And I do have a bad memory, but that's just my part on it about being an Asian girl. I kind of went all over the circle, the universe, talking about a little bit of everything. How is it for you, Katie, being an Asian girl? And how did, like, you know, you led to, like, wide eyes? So thank you for sharing both of your stories. It ties in with my story too. So that's awesome. Uh, but like, I was just gonna say perks of being white eyes, because I feel like even though the three of us, we identify as like Asian American women, like we all come from different background story, um, how we were raised and stuff like that. So mine is a little bit different, but it ties in with the both of you guys, which is so interesting, weird, but good. Um, <laughs> so I like growing up, I had a lot, of, you know, how like um, Anu mentioned how she didn't have that much pride, you know, just being Asian or Hmong, um, given her circumstance for me I have like I feel like too much pride in being just Hmong I think the reason why is because I was raised with my by my grandparents and you know how like grandparents or more the older generation they're a little bit more traditional right and they uh my grandparents are not from America as well so that ties into a part of it but I feel like going back to it I feel like I was raised or I was just too prideful being mom I mean I feel like there's really nothing wrong with that like um it's okay to be prideful in your culture but I feel like for me it got to the point where like I was like I can't even say this now but back then I I can't I was denying it but now I feel like I was close-minded in a sense where like it was really hard for me to like hang out or surround myself with other um, diversity group like diverse groups I feel like I don't think it's because like oh like I might not like them or whatnot but I think it's because growing up my parents or no, my grandparents they raised me to like okay so um you know like hang out with only Hmong people like I don't know what this thing is or the stigma whatever you want to call it but I feel like a lot of the Asian household or Hmong people like they always tell their kids like oh oh when you hang out make sure to only hang out with your race you know to be safe blah 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 like they instill that in you my grandparents will always be like oh okay only hang out with Hmong people okay it's because you know their language you know their culture like you know we know their parents so if anything happened to you you know we could get their contacts stuff like that my first language was Hmong too like I did not know like a lick of English until fifth grade I was like an ESL learner yeah I was an ESL learner so I didn't got out of that until fifth grade like uh, I didn't know like basic English it wasn't until um I passed my ESL test the middle of fifth grade so they pushed me into regular class English class in sixth grade you both talk about generals I didn't really have like an issue with the generals like honestly like I was okay with being not that I was a mom but then at that time I had younger siblings so I was really okay with just doing a uh, woman chores like if I had to babysit I would not say no I would be like oh that's fine because I was taught like oh, okay it's okay for a woman to do that so I was really like you know I'm just gonna do what I'm told and not say anything about it and I feel like that comes with the Asian culture too where we don't speak up for ourselves like we don't say no most of the time we just like let people kind of walk all over us right or just like you know, they're higher than us, right? So their status is much more higher than so they could do whatever. And we just listen. And as a woman too, that plays a role. So I was really like, okay, that's fine. Like, I don't mind babysitting or I don't mind doing this. I don't mind doing that. Like, that's a part of my responsibility, my role. So I was like, really okay with it. It wasn't really until like, I feel like high school too, I was still like that. Like, I didn't have a lot of questions about it. And um, I think me and New, we don't really, New, correct me or not, we didn't really talk about our culture in high school not no. as much because you know why i don't yeah. okay katie is so mong 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 you see like, she could testify like, to that <laughs> like 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 one time like my pa- my dad dropped her off right and they'd be like and, mong, and i'm just like what 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 is this and i and i'm like my dad don't even talk mong to me like that because he know i can't even respond back i'm gonna be like huh but then i'm like it's okay you know my parents they're they're very they they really appreciate katie being my friend and the other day my mom told katie like you need to speak mong to new so new learns i do i do speak a lot mong to new i try 
Yeah, but, but I'm but I respond back in English. You know? Yeah, so I, I respond back in English. We're making progress because before she used to not respond. She used to just be like, uh huh, yes, mm, like really simple response. But now she now she has complete full sentences. So that's good. <laughs> Even in English, that's an improvement. But yeah, like I was really like I didn't really have an issue with like none of that. Like because I think like I mentioned, I that kind of part of me, my grandparents instilled that mindset to me and just being really prideful of your roots. But I learned that you could still be prideful of who you are, even if you're not doing all of this or fitting into that role, right? You don't have to fit into a role in order to be seen as, oh, you're Hmong enough, right? You could still be Hmong in your own way while still trying to figure yourself out. So I think that's when I went to college, when I realized that, you know, I'm not just Hmong, I'm Hmong American, not just Hmong American. I'm American. I'm Asian American. I have multiple identities and faucets to myself as a human being. Like, I don't have to tie myself down for just being a Hmong woman, right? I'm more than just a Hmong woman, right? At the end of the day, if we're really getting philosophical here, I'm a human being, right? So I'm like, you know, I, I think there's so much more to than surface, right? And with that being said, um, you both like tackle on different things where a new mention about like in the Hmong community, we don't have that much resources, right? And higher education, empowerment, stuff like that. And I like agree with that. And new on the other hand is talking about like, you know, being um, growing up in a big household and how the age gap like fit into that. For me, I think it would have to be like um, having open and honest conversations with my like parents and my grandparents, because till this day, I still talk to them about like my views because like, truth be told they're still like oh you know women should do this right or men should do this but now I have more of that I feel like I I became like stronger than I used to be and I feel like I could stand up for myself now and really talk to my family about my viewpoints and really tell them how I feel because before then it was really hard for me to tell them like oh like I don't want to do this or like not just I don't want to do it, but like I don't have time, right? Like uh, I can't babysit. But now I feel much more empowered to let them know that I'm not available or I have other things to do. And just having those like honest and raw conversation with it because I feel like in the Hmong community, I don't know about your, you guys, but I feel like my parents or my grandparents, they didn't really like, you know, like, it's not like in those movies where you see where parents sit down their kids right on the couch in the living room and having like the whole talk, right? Like, oh, you should do this, do that, like be careful. Or when you go college, these are some things you should do. Or like, you know, like, or even last uh, month when we talk about PMS, like a step breakdown, what we should do. Like, I didn't really have those conversations growing up about any topics, right? About like dating, going to school, uh, doing these kind of things. It was more just like, just do it, you know, like you're on your own, right? So I feel like um, I'm so thankful because uh, with that, like now that I have younger siblings, I'm able to have those conversations with them that my parents, that I didn't have with my parents and with my brother starting middle school, like ugh, so much to worry about, so much to worry about. Uh, like there's so much going on. So, but I'm so thankful that he, he feels like uh, safe enough to come to talk to me because there are a lot of things that he came and talked to me about that like he would not discuss it or disclose it with my mom just because of, you know, our different viewpoints, right? And the different generation, we talk about this before too, just the generational mindset of how our parents and we differ. <laughs> New almost fell, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like just having uh, those talk with your parents, even though I know it's hard, it'd be nice if, uh, I feel like even parents, they can um, talk more about it with their kids or if, you know, because my parents aren't going to do that with me. But if the kids like us, you know, like our generation now, if we just had a little courage to go talk with our parents, like it could be, I don't know, like take your mom out to breakfast. That's what I did. I took her out to Huckleberry's and I just had a talk with her, <laughs> but you know, like, I don't know, like do anything you can to have those talk with your parents, because um, I know for me, like it was really hard to open up to my parents but yeah so just having those talk with your parents and being honest and raw and um I feel like by doing that for me it really really helped me like kind of like accepting my other identities because at first I only thought I was Hmong but like breaking out of that shell um it made me kind of validate myself that I'm more than just a Hmong woman or related to everything that both of y'all said like on a spiritual level, emotional level, mental level, physical level, every level possible. Um, but yeah, with that said, um, I think we should have mentioned this at the beginning, but knew you kind of touched up on it um, about like how white ice was created. Um, but oh yeah. 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 So new. I had to really bit. search my memory lane. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so, yes, it was created during the pandemic. Um, I think I actually, I think it was new first. I think I propositioned the idea to you two first. But I, I've propositioned it to new a couple of times before, pre-pandemic. Um, like, we should start a podcast. Like, I would love to. Um, just have a conversation. Because it was around the time when Dr. Bond was like, hey. <laughs> Every yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're just like, oh. um, and so it was already kind of in the talks. Like, I, I threw the idea out to new to see if Katie was interested. Um, and y'all kind of just like, yeah, for sure, we'd be interested, but we never really like touched, like, we never took action. We never, like, like okay, let's do it. And then, um, it wasn't until you know, Dr. Bomb proposition, like, hey, do y'all want to like run Amerasia? Um, but then it was just kind of like, like new mentioned, like, do we want to do that? Or do we want to do something that outlives like undergrad work? Right. And so that's when we really started thinking about like, oh, let's really do this podcast. Um, because before it was kind of like, yeah, sure. Like that'd be cool. But then I was just like, okay, let's, let's do this. Like during the height of the pandemic, um, anti-Asian racism, um, attacks on Asian Americans, like just Asian hate, right? And so we were just like, we need a platform and we need it now, right? And so it was more for, I feel like it was therapeutic for me at least to just have conversations about like what's happening in our community. Um, and then that's really like, I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, like we probably wouldn't have done this uh, just because like, like I said, it was like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. But then it really, the pandemic, you know, I would even say maybe even Dr. Baum was a catalyst, <laughs> was a catalyst for the studying. Um, but with that said, of just like a little brief background of like uh, how, you know, White Eyes came about, what's your experiences or, or let's let's give the viewers, um, the listeners, some behind the scenes of White Eyes. And so, New and Katie, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Maybe y'all can touch on the processes or experience of running a podcast, because at least from my knowledge, this is our first time doing a podcast. Uh, maybe talk about like pre-production, post-production, production, um, and like just in general, what were what were your experiences starting a podcast? Um, and maybe even our listeners, they you know this might be the the episode that they need to like encourage them to do their own podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. And I will have to say like a lot of thanks to a news advisor. It was her name Melissa right Anu yes Miss Melissa Norris a health educator I love her so much Melissa if you're listening she probably is if you're listening it also goes out to you girl yes you know yeah no because I was like I because I follow the Paul podcast on Instagram and Anu was one of the ambassadors for it so while we were like when we were like headset into like okay we're gonna create a podcast and we're like okay how are we gonna start one so we were all like okay let's all like google google could give us the answer but then you know google could only go so far you know google could really only go so far to our resources so i was like oh wait a new got a connection so you know i'm really thankful that you know through a new connection we were able to really have a foundation of using this platform called anchor right and then using this platform called anchor we were able to stream to multiple platforms and like the whole experience itself it was indeed challenging and it was a lot of work and process times and like time effort and dedication everything everything your blood sweat and tears goes into it and it's a lot of like brainstorming content as well despite those obstacles that we had to go through for the first like you know first couple meetings that we had and then when we like start recording I was honestly I was scared like I don't know if y'all felt my hesitation in like the first few episodes (laughs) like I was like oh I'm like hesitating I'm kind of scared I don't know how this is gonna be but then now I'm just like oh I'm used to it whatever I could just go on a rant blah 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 and I will be okay and I'm like, if people listen, they listen. They don't listen, they don't listen. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But other than that, I really like enjoy the whole process because there was like discussions that we talked about that really, you know, we got to be vulnerable with one another and we get to widen our eyes. Oh, you guys see where I'm going? <laughs> 
widen our perspective. <laughs> wide eyes, wide eyes. But anyways, I feel like this podcast has definitely become a second home to me. And I always say like home is where you're at. So yes, home is where I'm at. Yes. So that's how it is for white eyes. And I just really enjoyed it. The one thing, one of my con is that my laptop has terrible sh- storage. Like I got the worst storage capacity whatsoever. And I always had to like delete like so much of my files, my documents, my homework. Like I have to delete so much crap on my laptop just so I could download one audio recording (laughs) and then after I download one audio recording there's like three four different steps every time like I do like the editing because I do it in iMovie it takes forever to upload when I upload to YouTube it takes forever to upload like my laptop it's telling me that it's time to say goodbye and I'm like okay I'm gonna wait for that moment and when it does I'm gonna be like okay you know you worked hard for all these years I appreciate you computer that has been my experience, ladies. What about you two? <laughs> so for me, I feel like uh, pre-production while we're brainstorming our topics and questions and what to ask each other. That's always the fun part. I feel like because you could get to know each other and get a little like sneak peek of what we're going to talk about first, right? Um, so I think that's always fun. And whenever we have our, um, what you would call it, pre-production, um, we usually do our self-check-in too sometimes. So it's nice to just um, know where each other is at and how you're doing. So for anyone out there who wants to do a podcast, I think they should do check-ins too, because I think that's really good just to know where your other co-hosts are at. And for the production part, that's the fun part as well too. But I think in the beginning though, Oh my God, our recording though, we were all so nervous. I think we were taking, I was swallowing my saliva because I didn't have water next to me. <laughs> so I was like, you know what I mean? Like you I'm doing right now. Like I always get nervous. I feel like for the beginning part, it's always like nerve wracking to like record because you're like introducing the podcast. So like you feel like a sort of like, oh, a sense of responsibility, man. You need to make this intro catchy. So like, you know, there were times when, um, I get nervous and sometimes I still get nervous, but it's just the beginning part. And I feel like it comes to all of us. Like our first word coming out of our mouth. It's always the scary part. Besides that, you know, everything goes smoothly. And then for the post-production, uh, that's when all the hard work comes in. Like you have to edit, you have to listen to your voice. And I know a lot of you guys out there don't like your voice. I don't like my voice when I listen to it. But like, you know, like I feel like a way to train yourself to like it. Just You just have to repeatedly listen to yourself. And the more you listen to your voice, it would definitely get better. But at first, I felt the three of us, we didn't really like the way we sounded when we record. I feel like it was different for us. But the more you just record yourself, it's like a natural thing, right? It becomes a natural habit. So, you know, who knows? You you might at the end of the day come to like your voice, right? I think the the hardest part is not the hardest. I think it's just tedious work out of all of it is post-production where you have to edit right you have to constantly listen to your voice (laughs) so that's a lot uh and then oh one thing that I would like to maybe add in the future or would like us to do is we said this but adding guests to our podcast so we need to make that happen right you know we're manifesting it we just have to make that happen right and I know you two have a lot of connections okay so yeah you know I don't know (laughs) do what you gotta do to network with those people okay it could be friends it could be anyone and then another one is I really want us in the future hopefully when like COVID it's not you know, it died down, but like, I think it will be really nice for us to record in person. Like, have you guys seen those like podcasts where they record in person? Like, okay, Anu, I know you like Remy Ashton and I, do you listen to her podcast with Alicia? Sure. Yes. Yeah. We just I'm did like, an emergency episode because all we met Miss Lana Del Rey. Yes. Oh, sorry. So I'll talk about, I've been so obsessed with Miss Lana Del Rey, uh, but yeah, um, I just really think it would be nice to have that. We don't have to technically have that kind of setup because, you know, it's a little bit above our budget. But, you know, whatever we can make work, you know. So I think it would be nice to just have that uh, engaging, interacting with each other. So for me, I've had, like you mentioned, the the podcast, right? So I did a podcast series. It was obviously during the virtual pandemic year. Um, it was our first actual, like, virtual school whole school year. So during the time when I was volunteering in our student health center, we were trying to get creative about like how to reach out to students. And so this is how our podcast series, um, Melissa's podcast, or our 
the pause podcast series led by the one and only miss melissa uh, it was kind of like a way to reach out to students virtually right and so for me um i didn't have so for me i i was as a paw um a peer ambassador of wellness i was only really involved with the somewhat pre-production and then production and that was it and so i say somewhat pre-production just because a lot of the time like um we were just coming up with like an outline uh very similar to how we do it now but just coming up with an outline of like questions we would like to ask guests because it was kind of like a um an interview kind of thing so we would get guests and we'd interview them questions and so it was mainly just brainstorming ideas um about what questions we would like to ask a professional and then um we'd get them approved. And then during the episode, it was, it was not heavily scripted. It was somewhat scripted. No, it wasn't heavily scripted. It was just like, we have our out intro idea, like introduce yourselves, yada, yada, yada. And then you, the questions, like we'd switch off between like the pause, asking the professionals questions. And then it was really the professional taking it on, like doing most of the talking. And then we just do the outro. So it wasn't, it was just kind of like a, like a, what, what do you call it? moder moderating kind of like moderating a conversation and so completely different from my experience with wide eyes because you're really like you're really speaking of topics oh yeah that's right the topics too the topics were kind of like given to us in a way we're like oh we would like to talk about this think about questions within this topic but with a podcast with wide eyes you have to think of the topic, you have to think of the questions, like the layout of like the flow. Um, there was a lot of pre-production work that I did not think would go into a podcast. There's a lot of production. Well, production is just like us talking and recording and whatnot. Um, but post-production, I can't with post-production. We're okay. We are okay. On multiple occasions, I have a hinted at new, like, hey, let's hire someone to record because I or to to edit because I cannot edit. But you know, with our budget, it does not allow us to do that, which is okay. Um, but it's it's definitely been a learning curve, right? Kind I I'd like to piggyback on what Katie said. Like, I most certainly love pre-production and production because pre-production is just kind of like, um at least when all three of us get together, it's really like, oh my God, like, how have you been doing? Like catching up with each other. It's a, it's a quick, it's a quick catching up moment and then, like getting down to business and then like, you know, talking about like our manhole recommendations and stuff like that. And so it's a, it's a really nice, like, <laughs> it's a really nice moment to just, to, to get with the girls and just like catch up. Right. And then obviously do work on the side too. Right. But then production is also very fun because we're having that lively conversation. Um, and then um, post-production is, like Katie said, it's a lot of work. It's tedious work, just having to to edit our voices. Um, and so for me, at first, I was like, oh, I hated my voice. But now it's just kind of like, whatever. I think I I probably have the most trouble with, um, and I don't know about news and Katie's experience, but for me, I hate it when it's my month to edit because like, I'm so nitpicky about everything that like, I've gotten so good to the point where like, I can like, oh, that's a breath. Oh, that's Katie. Sometimes Katie does like, um, sorry, Katie, for for calling you out. But sometimes you do this like this tiss, like, yeah. So I was like, oh, Katie's going to do it like right there. And then, oh, we're going to take a breath right there. And so I've just gotten really good at like catching like um, like noises within like the those little squiggly lines. I don't know what you call them, um, those squiggly lines. And so I can edit it. Um, you know, maybe for content ideas, too, we could we could I could show you all for like a reel and make a reel and like do behind the scenes. But as tedious it is, is, I think it's a skill that I definitely have now uh, and that I definitely appreciate Miss Melissa because she was doing all of our podcasts post-production by herself. Um, and so she was doing, you know, multiple by herself. And so, you know, we're only doing one a month. And so, and I'm really like stressed out with one a month. And so I, Melissa, I don't know how you do it, girl, but yes, get it. Um, but yeah, so it's, it is a lot of work in a podcast and I have some, I have definitely have newfound appreciation for content creators because I have no idea how they produce like three videos a week. Funny story. When we started, we were like, we're going to do a new episode every week. Um, if, and then we're like, <laughs> new episode every week. We got this Instagram content. Like we're going to post three times a week or like at least once a week. No, 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 no. After our first episode, we're like, no, we're twice a week. No, we can just do one a month. It was too much as a student. And so 
it definitely newfound appreciation for content creators because it is a lot of work so if y'all are interested in starting your own podcast definitely find i think a lot of our sources were on google learning how to do all of the like um at least like like what you need material wise because we were clueless like what do we even need and so we're like oh yeah that's right we need a microphone right um but i think definitely reach out if you know people who are in the industry or just I say industry like we're in the industry but we're okay um but if you know people who are like doing their own podcasts um you know definitely watch YouTube videos we watched a lot of YouTube videos but I think like I said I definitely have to shout out Melissa because she really provided us with like um do we use anchor what do we use to edit audacity to edit and then anchor is like our streaming platform and then iMovie is to basically edit like the sound like the music and outro and intro and yeah. then merge all of that together and then upload to youtube it's a lot of work <laughs> yes it is and so shout outs to new because new handles all of that since she has like a a, a macbook mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so new has a macbook so she has the the opportunity to use iMovie to link everything so new does all of like her uploading and scheduling so sometimes she's texting us and i like oh my god guys it's not like my computer crashed it's not uploading and so we're like we appreciate you girl we appreciate you so my much my laptop is just so old like it's about to die on me <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i'm like if it happens it happens I, i'm like i knew it was coming <laughs> but yeah but we appreciate you so much new um new does a lot of the like uploading to youtube so she handles all of that which is a whole other stress in, of it in it of itself that katie and i have the luxury of not like, experiencing um but yeah so um if you definitely have someone who like maybe just even a school podcast or something like that because you know melissa she just does a podcast for a student health center um she really helped us like in terms of like oh i use this app to edit um she also pulled us in like introduce us to anchor to like upload everything to all the different platforms um and so yeah it was it's a lot of work for a podcast that we only upload once a month (laughs) I can only imagine how much work it'd be if we uploaded once a week like we wanted to originally um but yeah I'm I'm so glad that we are still continuing on with this journey because I, I I feel like it's brought in us three co-hosts closer together um it's this is like my mini therapy session now because I'm just talking about like issues and topics that you know I don't usually talk about it with other peers um and so I'm just really thankful to have this this space and so with that said this wraps up our conversation for the month of March we can't wait to chat with you on the next episode feel free to check us out on Instagram at wide eyes podcast